Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Important Halloween message. (laughs) We have a very exciting announcement, which is that we are having a virtual Halloween party. Halloween (laughs) is here. here. Trying to vocalize with you. We are. Yeah, I appreciate it. Our voices do best when we're in sync. Uh, Yeah, we're having a Halloween party. It's going to be October 19th, and it's going to be at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're going to be dressed up in costumes. We're going to do some, maybe some spooky crafts, maybe some spooky games, eat some spooky snacks. Um, And we probably are going to be streaming Ghost Adventures. So yeah, a lot of it is TBD, but that's how we like to do it because we like to show up and just like create chaos as we go. I say all these things, but we have planned none of it yet. But that's the fun and the (laughs) mystere. But yeah, so we're going to have a a blast. It's going to be a party of two. And it's going to be virtual. If you want to be a part of it and watch some of that spooky stuff, then you can join us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ATWWD podcast. We will be streaming it, um, I think, via YouTube through our Patreon site. So if you are a patron, you will be able to join us. And we're very excited for this exclusive event. And I will be in (laughs) L.A., so we'll be in the same place. So it won't be, you know, we won't have the the usual concerns of two people trying to figure out tech. It'll just be in the same room two maybe people we'll to maybe we'll that. go trick-or-treating which is me asking you for candy and you just give it to me we'll How just i'll just stand in a closet and you can keep knocking <laughs> on the door <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh i haven't told christine yet what my costume is but i'm very excited about it so if you would like to see what that is then you can join our patreon and be a part of the stream that night that's right it is again uh monday october 19th at 6 p.m pacific uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. So join us at patreon.com slash podcast. Halloween is here. Okay. <laughs> On October 19th. <laughs> Almost. So not quite. Hi, Christine. Hi, Emothy. How are you? Good. Look at you in your modern cottage core <laughs> boho farm farmhouse. Look at me. Attire. Look at me. You look very, very, uh, what is it? What was the final draft? Comfy chic? Comfy chic? Wasn't that what it was? 
Pajama Maybe, chic? Perhaps. I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> well, you look great. Oh, well, thank you. You do Plus, as well. What? Also as what's well. What's my What's my style? You would you say? are really a wackadoo. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Core. Poor. Core. <laughs> I was like, I look poor. Well, I mean, you did call me trash, but I know, yeah, it's whatever. I climbed out of a dumpster to get here, so I think <laughs> we're all okay. Um, I also buy my furniture from dead people, so I guess we're in the same boat. Um, look, I think we've both dumpster dove at least once in our oh, lives. Certainly, more than once. For and just because sure. it's, I mean, that's a, it's a thrill and it's a bargain. And it's a bargain. And Why now, wouldn't you? I mean, nowadays don't because, like, who knows what trash has touched what germs but um you know no matter who you are it is exhilarating agreed yeah it's a great time the end how are you oh i'm excellent thank you how are you you know just looking uh, like i dumpster dive apparently core. i said core <laughs> i said i said something I, I core. Look, i look uh future chic i'd say okay yeah you i knew with you my... were gonna come up with your own phrase anyway and not use mine so we'll use that um we are rapidly approaching Halloween. Rapidly. And um, and because we're doing this so early, this is still... We're in September. Arguably early September. Why is it mid-September? Yeah, we're mid-September. But it's still like, we don't know what's, we're, what we should be announcing in our Halloween yeah, episodes yet. We don't have any clue. And uh, we... We're going to regroup. And then the next episodes, when yes. you come back out here, we'll have a lot to say. On the... Um, Maybe. On a good day, we are not prepared. So on a day where we're a month ahead or three weeks ahead, we're certainly not prepared. It's interesting <laughs> because we're prepared. But right. like... By we're too prepared that we like we have no idea what we're able to announce. What does the future hold? <laughs> Who's to say? What is that? The future. Oh, <laughs> it's like why are you swinging all your accessories at me? I like how my leg is an accessory. Yeah, that, <laughs> they're tree trunks, right? So right. I don't know my tarantula legs. Tarantula legs. Um. Anyway, I don't really feel like have any more updates because I yelled a lot of them at you. Um. I'm trying to remember. Hopefully, we're still caught up on close friends. Uh, I think we are. I hope that's part of the future. I've been feeling a lot more confident in that. Good. Okay. Me too. Um, You're still probably verified, and I'm still probably not. That's a future I can foresee for myself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I talked about my ghosties. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, I think that's that on that, man. I think that's that on that. I'm looking forward to when this comes out, where paranormally you'll be in your house. Oh, God. Because Halloween approaches. Yeah. Well, and I'm really bummed out because Blaze works Halloween, mm. and but I'm like I'm in like a real neighborhood now. Oh, so you, you know, can actually like trick or treat kiddos and stuff. A lot of people for are uh, people trick or treating. Well, there's a lot of like creative like people at home coming up with socially distant like ways to no to to give candy out, like <gasps> making like haunted looking slides. How cute! So that way you can drop the candy down, and then they catch it on the other side of the slide. Yeah, I guess everyone's gonna have to Clorox their children's candy, which sounds really dangerous. But yeah. I guess if you're just Cloroxing the wrappers, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm clearly not a parent. <laughs> I live in an apartment, and you would think that that would be like the ultimate like trick or treating experience because like you can just like run down the hall and knock on every door and yeah, get like not a bunch of access. a lot of kids. I think in LA apartments. No, there's not. There's it's not. A, it's such a shame, though. If I were a kid, I would have a goddamn blast. Well, that's what I'd be like. Look at all these. Have you read Eloise in New York? <laughs> running through all the apartments. I mean, it's actually kind of genius. my mom. Well, my my mom said that when she grew up in apartments, it was the best trick or treating she ever did yeah. because it was like 
in and only like the distance between one suburban house to another, you actually uh-huh. had like ten homes. You of are candy. also exercising when you were outside, there and I'm go. not a p- fan of that part yeah. really. Um, so in any case, I'm probably home alone on Halloween and frightened. Well, you're never alone in your house. I'm not your, alone. All your estate sale buddies with my stomping cat that frightens me every time I turn a corner. Um, and seems to breathe in my face while I sleep, which I don't love. Uh, anyway, so that's my update today. I Oh, I know what I was going to say. I am really freaked out by my story today. Like, this is one that sometimes we get asked in interviews like, oh, like, what do you do to, like, wind down after you read all this scary stuff? And mm-hmm. I, in recent interviews, have said to people, oh, I've gotten so much better at distancing myself and, like, putting up boundaries and protecting myself and like this one really got me to didn't do it talk about like my core I really this one kicked my butt and when I researched it it kicked my butt and then last night I was going over my notes again to like rearrange some of it and I was up to like three just like wow shaken and it wasn't even that I was scared I was just like really dark like it was really dark that's so weird because this one isn't super spooky last last week's episode was pretty wild yeah that got too dark (laughs) this one this one's a little tamer and it's one that a lot of people have requested for a while okay good oh this is one that people have also requested for a while so hopefully we make people happy i think i think we're gonna balance out on the scare factor good mine mine's gonna be mine's just dark okay this this is light um (laughs) Um, I'm the yin to your yang today. Aww. Um, so this is, uh, a story I've gotten it. I don't want to say a lot of people have sent in requests for this, but consistently since we started, there's always been one or two people being like, when are you going to cover this? Right. So, um, so this is the story of the, uh, it's in Hawaii. I've never covered a story in Hawaii never? before. Mm-mm. Ooh. This is the story of the night marchers. Ooh. I was supposed to be in Hawaii last week. Uh, for Blaze's brother's wedding. And now where are you going to be? Now instead? I'm going to be right here in on this very Zoom. chair. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, on Zoom. But I'm very bummed out because that Hawaii trip was going to be a, a hoot. A um, hoot. But now it's all postponed. But um, Well, I will say I apologize in advance. I'm going to try my best to pronounce the, all the Hawaiian names. Fun fact, for a while I was trying to teach myself Hawaiian and I got actually kind of far. And then that was like three years ago. So now it's all history. Have you been to Hawaii? Mm-mm, no, but one of my friends who has passed away uh-huh. uh, used to live in Hawaii and loved Hawaii. And so it was kind of like an, in honor of him. I was trying to just learn it in my spare time just uh-huh. to like know some like for literally no reason at all, except like I think um, one of those language apps had just come out and Hawaiian was an option. I was like, oh, that'd be like, you know, might as well learn some fun phrases for fun fact. Yeah. Do you know any of them? um no (laughs) not anymore but like i was actually like pretty proud i was like getting kind of into it and then like classic me i have such fleeting interests that like once i like i'm amazed how long we've kept this project going so yeah it's like i really had one of those um it was one of those really intense interests that i was really really into and once i knew enough that i started feeling confident in it i just literally never touched it again precisely how i operate yeah it's Uh, the most toxic it's very frustrating (laughs) toxic thing i know a little bit about everything, yeah, I've, but yeah. not a lot about anything. I've started so many projects, like gifts and things, and then I get like halfway through and I'm like, look how cool it is. And then I show the person and then I go, anyway, I don't feel like finishing it. I think that's why like things like the escape room and all yeah. that, it's like, we like I had actually told, I've said this before, but I told Eva months in advance, I was like, one day I'm going to do an escape room. I should start that now. I should start that now. But if I allow myself many months to do it i just won't do it i have to decide at three in the morning i have 
48 hours and this is it. Like, Emma and, and I like, will spend weeks being like, we have to do this thing. We have to do this thing. And then one night we'll both just be like frenetic and then like it'll be done it's like i i want to say that like oh it's like procrastination helps but it's really like i only have like like even with like learning like hawaiian phrases and things like that i had a solid two months where i really gave a shit about it yeah and then and then after that like my energy depleted itself when it came to like the escape room i was like i have 48 hours and after that i'm not gonna care so we gotta get it done right away yep um, um, well, I'm proud of you for some, somehow learning some Hawaiian at some point. Um, thank you. Well, anyway, I actually had heard about this from my friend who passed before he passed. Oh my goodness. Um, his name was. <laughs> not after he passed. Not after he passed. That guy, he, listen, he's an SOB because we promised each other was that. Was this the one from the Segway? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so he, his name was Adam. We were very, uh, we were coworkers, but he was like my buddy at yeah. work. And, uh. One time we were both playing around with, um, like, paranormal equipment. Right. Um, we had, like, I forget what the event was, but it was, like, this massive ghost tour that we were, like, leading. And he usually wasn't part of the ghost stuff, but they asked him to be additional help. So I was explaining some of the ghost stuff to him. And I was, like, he was, like, do you think this stuff works? Like, he was very skeptical. And I was, like, I don't know. Well, let's make a bet. Like, whoever goes first will, like, test. Mm. Like, what you and I always say. Yep. Like, oh, if one of us goes, we're, like, well, let's test it. And then uh, he actually did pass. And I was like, all right, now's your time. Like, let's see. I'm like freaked out now. I'm like, is it like and some, the light's going to turn off or none something? Of them, not, none of it ever. None of the machines Adam, ever went off. Adam, are you here? And I have a hunch he's, he did it just, just to win the argument, you know? Oh, he didn't believe in ghosts. Yeah, you know, he was super skeptical. Oh, he was so like, you're saying he was like, yeah, okay, fine, if it's real. If so it's, he might just be sitting there like, yeah, I don't want to give you exactly. the satisfaction. Got yeah, it. Yeah, I, like I sat there with all the equipment on. I was like, all right, Adam, let's go. And I never, nothing ever <laughs> went off. And I was like, you, I like, we had just had the conversation, which is very ironic. Now, yeah. But it's like, okay. Well, as long you as you win, I guess. Doesn't like turn off the cameras or like make us record this over again. I'm fine. You can. I hope like if you're going to show up like what, eight years later, that would, uh, that's not classy. Okay? No. Make it a solid 10. Um, okay. <laughs> so anyway, this one, this one's for Adam, I suppose. Yay. So, okay. Uh, I wish I had a drink. I need to pour one out. Pour one out for our Not homie. on the floor of the studio. That would be bad. <laughs> shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. 
ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So uh, this is the story of the Night Marchers, which I think is called Huaka El Po. Sure. I think. Sure. Um, Maybe he'll come back and correct your Hawaiian. That's when he'll show. That's when he'll show. Um, okay. So according to a documentary called Haunted Hawaii, there's a quote saying, the Hawaiian culture believes that for everything visible, there is an invisible part and everything you do in the physical world is matched by a movement in an invisible realm. That's fucking cool. That's cool and creepy. Uh, When you come to the island, you are not only embraced by the people and by the land, but also by the disincarnate. And Mm. there's no one that comes to the island that does not feel something hovering around them. Wow. I I love that. Pearl Harbor once and there's certainly an air, an energy. I've I've never been. Yeah. You can just feel it. I mean, it's just like such a intense, big story. Right. Um, According to a website called To Hawaii, um, they say Hawaii is full of myths and legends. And this state has a very deep connection with nature. A Hawaiian chant speaks of them as many uh, as having as many as 4,000 gods. Wow. Wow. I don't know if I hope that's true. Otherwise, I just said something really false. But (laughs) (laughs) To Hawaii says it's true. I like that that is the go. 4,000 gods. I hope that's true. Otherwise, what I said was false. It's just like, I, I know I'm speaking on something I don't know much about. So hopefully... Uh, just like, I'm trust not, your notes, I guess. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I think we're good. Um, so there are, beyond the night marchers, there are two spirits that haunt Hawaii. Um, there's more, obviously, but there's two I'm going to talk about mm-hmm. um, that are not the night marchers. One of them is called Pele mm-hmm. uh, or Pe- Pele. And uh, it's the goddess of fire and volcanoes. Ooh. Apparently, she's very respected. She lives in one of the most active volcanoes in the world. Cool. As she ought to. As she ought deserves, right? Yeah. She's earned that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, she lives in the summit of Kilauea and uh, on in a crater on the big island. Okay. And uh, many Hawaiians have made journeys to that crater where they offer her prayers and gifts and apparently sometimes gin. Like booze See, in general? She, again, deserves it. Yeah, of yeah. course. Like if you're going to live in one of the most active volcanic craters, you should be having alcohol you delivered to you. some gin brought to your doorstep. Well, uh, in return, uh, she will offer messages about the future. Oh. And she is seen through the island as a beautiful woman with a white dog. Well, that's nice. Precious. Wow. Wow. I can, see why classy people lo- lady. I can see why people love her. Um, she's sometimes seen on roads and drivers will offer her a lift. But when, but when she gets in your car, apparently she will age into an old woman, <gasps> give you advice and then disappear. Well, that's fun. She's, she's cryptic. She I is. like that. I we appreciate that. We like a that. little bit of a shape-shifting situation. I don't want, it's like, yeah, I, I want the chase a little it's, bit. She's like, I don't want you to be distracted by my beauty. So <laughs> I'll add a few wrinkles. I'll, I'll say my piece and then I'll leave you. Yeah. So apparently the other spirit I was going to mention um, beyond the night marchers are the choking ghosts cute which uh there's not too much on them i just wanted to like throw them you in as to. they exist right apparently they attack you in your sleep good and they are the souls of hawaiians who died by illness brought from the europeans in the 1800s wow so color me shocked shock. <laughs> yeah kel surprise uh, the europeans didn't do something right they were being foolish really hard to believe but yeah <laughs> So anyway, they like to apparently choke people now. Okay, well. They deserve to, again. I mean, at that rate. Um, Okay, so then there's the Night Marchers. I just wanted to bring those two up just because they they were fun. Gotta. So uh, 
So, yeah, so the night marchers, apparently if you like even look in their direction, by the way, they'll like kill you or something. What? Um, Wait, the chokers or the night, the night marchers? Oh, no. The ones I'm going to talk about. So oh, no. there is one person named Kam- Kam- Kamuela or Kamuela uh, Kenashiro, who says that they are considered the deadliest ghosts in Hawaii. <gasps> um, so shout out to, um, I'm just going to, the last name is easier for me to pronounce, Kanashiro. Um, so shout out to them. They uh, host Legends from the Pacific which was super useful for this episode. And also they guessed it on the spirits. What is it? Like a TV show or? No, no, no. A person. You said they host something. Oh, a po- podcast legends oh, from the Pacific. Okay. And cool. then um, they also guessed it on spirits podcast. Oh, um, also a fan. Cool. So he also worked with um, Hawaiian folklore and history specialists on specifically Hawaiian paranormal activity and did some series on that. One of the series was called Chicken Skin, which oh. is. Yeah. Goosebumps, Goosebumps. Goose Cam. Goose Cam. Um, so, okay, so here's like cool, very, very, very quick Hawaiian history. I'm not, we both know I can't. <laughs> just Listen, let me. I'm not saying anything. Okay. Um, okay, so this is just like a broad brushstroke. So, uh, Hawaii is a collection of volcanic islands in the Pacific. They, for, it was first settled as early as like 400 BC uh, by Polynesians that wow. traveled to the Big Island. Um, Fun fact, Captain James Hook was the first European in Hawaii in 1778 and named the islands, of course, a European named the fucking islands. Okay, named the islands the Sandwich Islands. Cool. So if you're going to name an island, I get it. We'll give it to you. When it's the Sandwich Islands. Although apparently the Sandwich Islands was named after his sponsor, the Earl of Sandwich. Yes, have heard of that fella. Which, who also did actually name the Sandwich. The Sandwich Sandwich. Um, I think the story is like he ate, uh, he wanted uh, something he could eat while also playing cards. Right, he wanted to keep his hands. He wanted something, like a one-handed meal. Right. I, I got it, got it, hand it to the Earl of Sandwich. Yeah. He's done me many favors. He's done us some good in this world. Uh, it's, one European did one thing right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um... So, yeah, so that's apparently named in the Sandwich Islands. Um, and I just wanted to throw in the sandwich fact, if I'm being totally honest. So uh, <laughs> Hawaii ran as a caste system where they were multiple, there were multiple chiefs. I think there were um, multiple chiefs per island. Okay. And these chiefs were called Ali'i. And Ali'i, I hope I'm saying that right. And the among those chiefs, so among each island, there were different Ali'i. Mm-hmm. And above those were the, like, the ruling chief um and they were called the oh man i lost my spot uh noho alihi so they were like the ultimate one running that island got it um so these chiefs weren't just the leaders they were seen as having like incredible spiritual power um and they were often thought of as like representatives for gods or the representation of gods sure um and so each island they had their own um chiefs and then like the ruling chief uh and they all had their own rules i'm kind of confused about the this word about the definition specifically but it's called kapu and it's the rules for things that you cannot do specifically like like the taboo like these are prohibited sure i think i think that's uh, if i'm understanding it right what's that called verboten verboten is that german Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a word that a lot of Americans use. It's like... I've never heard that like word. N- not a lot. Prohibited. Like, not allowed. Like, forbidden? Yes. Oh. Forbidden. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Look at me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so uh, Kapu, uh, according to um, one source, uh, Ancient Hawaiian Gods is the is the website. Um, these were some of the, I think, general Kapu per island. Uh, unless you were a ruling chief or a noho ali'i, you weren't allowed to wear red and yellow feathers. Okay. Uh, you were not allowed to look directly at your ruling chief, um, like whether if he was around you, you're not allowed to look at him. Mm-hmm. Um, you were not allowed to have your head be higher than his. Mm-hmm. You weren't allowed to come in contact uh, with his hair or fingernails. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to try my best on that one. Can I just, I, I'm just going to wonder aloud what happened. You know how you have some rules where you're like, who broke that? <laughs> it's like, who did, who did something where we had to throw that in? Who, where we had to make that a rule? Whose fault is this rule? What did you do to his fingernails? What happened here? Um... Men and women could not eat together. Some foods were illegal for women to eat, such as pork, bananas, coconuts, because apparently they represented no gods. Coconut? No oh, bananas? No bummer. nanners? Um, and the shadow of your chiefs was not allowed to touch you. Oh, that would make a fun game, though. <laughs> not to make light of like an actual what a game historical situation. That's like a Peter Pan game. Of, like that does feel yeah shadow. yeah. Um, I'm such an ass. I'm sorry. So. Uh, when I first read these, I was like, wow, that's kind of intense. Like, you can't even look at them. But if their belief was that these are physical sure. representations of gods, it's like, you're not worthy. No. You know? Um, Don't climb up that ladder and be taller, you know? Right. Exactly. Who do you think you are? And uh, this is all linked to preserving their their power or their spiritual power called mana. Okay. So it was very much like, if you're looking at them, not only like are you not worthy, but also there's this belief that you might be trying to steal their mana in I some see. way or challenge them or absorb some of their 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 goodness. Um, and so they believed that the commoners, you and I, mm-hmm. <laughs> wanted to steal their mana. So if you challenged them at all or like did anything against Kapu, then you were trying to sure if you're touching them or in their shadow, like maybe you're yeah right. Yeah, maybe if you're, like, if you're trying to grab their fingernails, you might snag a little piece of mana out of that. Please don't grab fingernails. It's not so gross. <laughs> Grabbing specifically the fingernail. Yikes. I can feel it in Yikes. my hand. I don't okay. love that. <sighs> I'm okay. going to state that rule in this very studio. Okay, here's Kapu for us, too. Stay don't touch my, my fucking fingernails. Okay. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. 
You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. Um, so if you committed Kapu, um, I hope, I, can you imagine if this whole time it's like Kapu or something and I'm a real asshole? Okay. I mean, yeah, I can because it's happened to us a yeah. many a time. I'm pretty sure it's Kapu. Um, you would be, you'd be killed. By lesser chiefs oh, no. um, and warriors, basically the ruling chief would tell the other chiefs, okay, go kill that guy because he's oh, trying to steal my so power. so bummer. Such, Such a bummer. bummer. Um, and it was in order to get your the mana back to the original. Oh, interesting. Because it was like if they took something from me, like now I, I want it back. That's my understanding. Okay. Again, this whole episode is me trying my best and i hope everyone <laughs> sees that um but it's it sounds like in order to get their mana to back you had to it. kill the person who tried to okay. absorb it or take it from them in some way got it or maybe it was just like a you you're being disrespectful yeah, and yeah yeah so um so when the ruling chief the noho ali'i would travel um he would move in a preset in like in a procession with the other chiefs and warriors Mm -hmm. sometimes blowing a conch shell to alert people because they were aware that one of the rules was like their shadow can't touch you. And so they kindly, like they didn't want to kill you. Right. They were aware like there is the accident of like our shadow might touch you. So they would walk in this, in this group together and make themselves as like make everyone as aware as possible. Like get out of the fucking way. Like (laughs) here we are coming in hot. Shadow is Coming the on shadow in is the crowd. big and bad, and Part you better get out of here. So it's big and bad. So yeah. that was basically what they were doing: is just warning people, like you gotta hide. Because also, if you see us coming, <gasps> then that's also kapu because you're looking at us. You can't look right at me. So like we'll blow conch shells, or like they would also like have um they'd have torches, so, like you could look at the it's torches. Basically, like step aside. Yeah, yeah. GTFO and look down. You have one hot second to move. Yeah. Um. And so they would, you know, chant, they'd have drumming, they would have their conch shell, they would have torches, they did everything they could to at least warn you. And then I guess the thought was like, and if after all that, you're like, <laughs> like if you're still trying us, then like, we'll kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if people heard or saw them, you knew to make yourself scarce mm-hmm. um, and hope they that they didn't see you seeing them or anything like that. 
Today, it's believed that the spirits um, continue their duties of upholding Kapu, and <gasps> this is the night marchers right. who haunt Hawaii. So it's almost the spirits of the chiefs before and us cam, like, that are still doing their job. Reliving their duty. Oh, my gosh. Yes. How cool. Um, and so people say that they have seen bright red torches with lights, and the fr- uh, they've seen the lights in the front and the rear, and then three in the middle of the group. I guess five was is a significant number <laughs> in Hawaiian culture. Um, and today it's believed that the spirits, uh, yeah, they still continue their duties. People, sorry, I already said that they'll see bright, uh, red torches. They'll still hear drumming. They'll still hear a conch shell. They'll smell rot and decay, which is apparently the stench of battle because (gasps) some of them are warriors. Um, and the night marchers are said to look like Hawaiian men and women, or sometimes only men. Sometimes they have dogs with them. Um, and the legend has been passed down through the generations that they're still doing their job in one way or another. Just to remind you, they weren't used or they were used to protect high ranking chiefs. That was one of the reasons why they all walked around together in a big posse. Um, and they were so sacred that no mortal man or woman was allowed to look at them. So their job isn't necessarily to terrorize people. It was because they were protecting the ruling chief of the whole island. And if you broke the rule, then like they gave you fair warning. Right. Um, so in 1883, the first written account of night marchers shows itself. And I say written account because for a very long time, Hawaiian was just a spoken language. I see. Okay. So in the 18, the late 1880s was the first written account of it. Got it. Okay. Um, and it was described as someone saw the spirit of King Kam- Kamehameha, um, the Great. And apparently uh, they saw him being followed by ghost soldiers. Um, also, there are there's more like picture evidence, photo evidence from the 16th century and petroglyphs. Whoa. Um, at the Puaco Petroglyphs uh, Archaeological Park. So it's not maybe not a written account, but you can still see images of cool these of the night marchers having been seen. Wow, um, they're still reported at night, especially on the last four Hawaiian moon phases before the moon goes completely <laughs> dark. Um, this certain moon phase apparently is called Pokane mm-hmm. Pokana. Um, it's basically it's the night that falls at the end of the lunar cycle. Oh, okay. And so the four nights le- the, the four moons leading up to that is when they're most often seen. <laughs> Um, they tend to appear mostly in sacred sites on the islands and in notable cultural spots where like big events have happened. Interesting. Um, they're sometimes said to be traveling from temple to temple or they could be en route to battle since some of them are warriors. Sure. Um, or they have, they're guided to places of importance where they're like welcoming new warriors or, I mean, there's a lot of theories about what it is the they're doing. The significance of the journey. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really interesting. So apparently some people have said the Hawaiian gods are present in the, the little mm. entourage. <laughs> it's like it's the ruling chief, the Noho Ali'i, and then the uh, other lesser chiefs, warriors, and sometimes gods are also present. Whoa. And when they are, the the torches are apparently much brighter. Whoa. Okay. Um, so you, if you are someone who experiences this, you can uh, expect hearing chanting, horn blowing, distant drums, bright torches, and sometimes even... Uh, they're accompanied by lightning, thunder, heavy rain, high surf, really thick fog, even if none of that has to do with the current weather. Oh, goodness. Um, sometimes you just like, all of a sudden there's a thick fog, but you can still see the torches <gasps> and hear distant drumming. Spooky. And apparently it's like, if you see that, you better run. Because like, even it's if they're news. dead, you're still about to break Kapu or... Wow, this is know? freaky. Okay. Um, 
So they are usually bands of tall, muscular, warrior-looking men dressed for battle, either floating <laughs> or leaving massive footprints in the ground. Whoa. So either they're not walking or they're or fucking they, walking. They, you, know, you better know they're walking. <laughs> Goodness. Um, and they will even walk through barriers that are in their <gasps> way. So if they're walking in like a, a march, yeah. they're... If there's a tree or a there's house, a Starbucks, or they're if, gonna walk right. If through. If there's a Target nearby, they don't. It doesn't even phase them. That's they interesting. Right I wonder it. if that's that same theory of like uh, blueprint walking the blueprint of like. I wonder. Back, you know, that was the route they took, and right. they're just gonna keep taking it. I'd say yeah. Your Starbucks can't get in the way. As someone who doesn't know much about this, I'd we say yeah. We say yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. I was at the <coughs> bottom here. Oh, here's some. There's probably my favorite part of it all. So apparently, again, if you break kapu or if you do something that they wouldn't like, they are uh, at least when they were alive, they would kill you. Right. Um, but in death and as spirits, they apparently still. I, I don't know if they like legitimately kill people, but I think people are still either out of respect or out of like curiosity, still fearful of them. Um, I don't know enough about you know, if there's been deaths since, but, uh, they apparently still recognize people. Like, even though they are dead, if they come by you, they'll still recognize if someone breaks Kapu. Oh no. Because a lot of people have said that they have experienced these night marchers and found out that they actually still respect bloodlines. So if you're actually related even distantly to one of the original night marchers (gasps) and you hear them, they will like, and they, they like know if you're related to them, they'll claim you and you don't get hurt. So oh, but they don't claim you and like take you with them. No, they like, they, like they they you they get a pass. Call, they call out to the group like that one's with me, basically. Whoa. So um they say the na'u, which apparently means mine. So they'll shout <gasps> na'u na'u, and it means mine, 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 like don't like the like finding emo. Holy mine, shit. Mine. <laughs> Holy okay. shit. But uh so that way you're essentially like safe, like, oh no, like that one's fine. That just gave me like that they can tell yeah just from looking at even you. if you're looking at them from far away or you just hear them and like haven't looked and haven't like insulted them at all they, they know are, they apparently still see you um so here's one account where uh this is a quote a woman who had come in contact with night marchers heard some spirits shout it in hawaiian kill Ooh. but others called wait wait another person said go ahead kill but then another spirit called stop no spirits answered. Another spirit answered no, and the spirit who had told the others not to kill her apparently was a relative of hers. <gasps> so it was like protecting her. Spooky. Um, I'd be like, yeah, listen to that guy, please. <laughs> God. Um, well, I wonder what happens if like you're a dumb European like me and you're not related. Let me tell you. Oh, oh God. If you aren't related to one of them, no. I feel like this is the Hawaiians absolutely fucking with us, but maybe this is legitimate or maybe they just want to see like maybe dumb white people do this. want us to leave them alone. What is it? Um, you must strip off all your clothing. Oh God. Lay down on the ground. Close your eyes. First of all, pray that they don't find you. Um, play dead and pee on yourself. <laughs> wait, hold on. <laughs> so wait, sorry. So this is if you see them at all or is this like if they're like, we're going to kill you now. So I don't know the answer, but if I were in a situation where I heard distant drumming, even if I were like 
a mile away from a band playing. If I yeah, heard, we'd be at a concert and be like, I hang would on. immediately <laughs> be naked and peeing on myself just in case. I'd be doing it by accident because I'd be so <laughs> fucking scared. I don't want to. I don't want to know. So I would just do everything preventative wow. early on. I don't know at what point you say like, ah, now I pee. Like now, I, <laughs> I've looked at them for too long. Uh, I see a shadow. Now has the time. Uh-huh. Aha! Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. there is a torch. Time to go. Yeah, I'm not sure, but. Oh my goodness. Apparently, if you pee on yourself, it's for two different reasons. I don't know which one is correct or if either are correct or the two uh, common threads I saw was if you if you pee on yourself, it's one to show that you're unclean and they shouldn't get near you. Oh, or two, it's because it's to show that you are so afraid of them. And yeah. like, it's a sign of respect. Right. Like, I get it. You're it's the like boss here. you are above. You are alpha. Sure. Here. I, I'm just. I'm just peeing on myself. I'm just a little you know? lowly, lowly pee head. Right. I'm just <laughs> a pee pee head. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so I, I think I have, I also saw on websites, they were like, so this is a rumor that you have to pee on yourself and like lie on the ground and all that. But you know what? A rumor is a rumor and a rumor is, is fact for me. For <laughs> when I don't know what the truth is, I'll just do it all. So <laughs> my goodness. Okay. Um, Unless, like, what if that's, like, a joke and, like, that's actually, like, really insulting? Like, that's you, what I'm saying. Like, you that's pee what in I front was... of them. Oh, I thought you were saying, what if it's insulting that we're saying, oh, this is what they say and it's not, but I Oh, guess that's, that's a constant. Also insulting. That's a constant fear throughout this story. Sure. Um, but it seems like, I mean, a lot of sites said you. you it wasn't just, like, one dummy on no, a blog. It was, no, like, an actual No, a few of them were, like, source. rumor has it if you pee on yourself, they will oh, steer clear. Okay, like, listen. Um, I'll believe it. If you're, if you're Hawaiian, first of all, I'm so sorry They've about all this. They've stopped already listening, probably. Okay. But, Also, yeah. let me know if well, the, know. the pee thing is real. Um, I'm curious. Where are we? So, uh... Apparently, these phantom processions, they frequently appear on anniversaries. I said places that are important, like national or local events. Um, Some say it's the spirits of dead chiefs still traveling from village to village to even just attend festivals, which is Mm. fun. Um, And sometimes the marchers uh, even escort a dying person's spirit to a point where they can go into the next world. Wow. I like that theory. Where they're like protecting you until you get to the end of the line. Wow. Night marchers move relatively slowly compared to another type of ghost called the runners. Oh, I don't like that one bit. No, 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 no. Um, So the runners, apparently, again, Hawaiian was a spoken language for a long time. So there was no writing letters to people. So like if you had to get from one, if you wanted to relay a message, there were people hired called runners where you would tell them a message and then like a really like extravagant game of telephone they would run from one island to the other and relay your message to someone. They would run someone. from an island to another island. Yeah. You mean like, would they get in a boat? They There were tunnels, apparently. What? Um, okay, so that's just me being dumb. They're called, they're called lava tubes. Oh, and okay. And they're paths under the island. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Um, that sounds really cool. Yeah. And so <laughs> just they... Just run through the lava tube and get my message to the... Can you imagine? What a job. What a job. So uh, runners would go uh, through the lava tubes to pass messages verbally. Wow. Um, but apparently sometimes you can see the spirits of these runners who will uh, dart along the road mm. and then disappear into the mountains. Wow. But they're, they're running. The marchers are marching. Like there's a difference. And the runners are probably not these. like, you can't look at me. Uh-huh. They're like, look how fast I can run. Yeah, they're like, I'm actually pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I need you to look at me so I'm known as, like, like employee of the month because I'm the fastest. Yeah, I am fast and also don't pee yourself because I'm not really here for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So apparently, this was a weird fact, but apparently if you're, let's say the blueprint theory, where like they walk in a specific line. Path, right. If your house, if your front door or a door or a, uh, a, I think even a window, like any sort of opening Mm -hmm. to your home is directly in line, um, apparently they will go through your house. And so you have to get it blessed or... um, I think there's some general worry of their like being like their energy has passed through your home. So you make sure it's Cleanse blessed it. or something. Right. So to keep them out of your home and evil in general. Right. Apparently there's uh, a plant called tea leaves, but they're tea. I. Oh, okay. Tie, tie leaves, tea leaves, tea leaves. But they're plants that uh, a lot of people put in their house and it's supposed to keep them away from entering your home. Um, apparently it's, known that Hawaiian people will cultivate these plants and uh, just to provide protection in general. Cool. Um, in 2012, um, the uh, Keneshiro, the guy I mentioned yes, earlier. Yes, yes. Earlier. Um, oh, no, no, it's a different person. Sorry. I'm so stupid. Um, I read a different K word and assumed it was the same person. That was so wildly ignorant. So in 2012, uh, Kapa Nui is the name of this person. Apparently this is a, this is a case where night marchers were actually caught on footage. Um, Kapa Nui, uh, they met with, uh, attorneys on a 23rd floor level. And they said that the building security cameras actually caught night (gasps) marchers. Wow. So I haven't checked YouTube, but I would like to see that. I want to know what that looks like. I imagine it's like, um, like a lot of torches. I, I, that's what I'm thinking. Procession. Yeah. 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 I'm imagining the torches are probably the easiest part to see in it. Sure, sure, Just because they're probably the brightest. Wow. Also, another case or another sighting as uh, a native uh, cleaning lady was working when a column of mist appeared and then she died the next day. What? I don't know what that means. Like, maybe she wasn't supposed to look at the mist. Oh, no. Maybe they're not related. But that that story has been mentioned a few times. Oh, no. Also, uh, a native Hawaiian historian and storyteller named uh, La. Lopaka Kapanui. Um, I think that's the same guy you just mentioned, right? Oh, yes. What is wrong with me? Because well, this you time. I put the first name on this one and not the last one. I switched them by accident. Yeah. That's what I was like. I do that. Because I read it and I was like, doesn't this person have a first name or a last name? Okay. I do that a lot. Don't worry. It's on the other <laughs> side of my page. Um, so the same person I just mentioned who talked about the cleaning lady right. um, is a native Hawaiian historian and storyteller um, who has many stories about the the night marchers, but this was my personal favorite. And this is a quote from them. Um, One night people showed up late for a tour and I had no idea that it was actually the night of the night marchers. There was no moon. This is like the most (sighs) crucial night of it. I had them stand in a line and told them to empty their minds and take long, deep breaths. When they finally felt calm, I wanted to point to an area that they, I wanted them to point to an area that they think the night marcher trail might appear. Several people pointed in different directions, but one six-year-old boy pointed right here and he went straight to the space. His parents took a picture of him and when the picture came out, there were orbs right above his head and about a foot behind him in the tall grass were the head and shoulders of Hawaiian soldiers in feathered capes and feathered helmets. Wow. Some of them holding a spear. All 40 of us individually, one by one, got to see this picture and when the last person saw it, all of a sudden the picture deleted itself. No. And I said, there goes our proof. 
And the second I said that, this wind came out of nowhere and the grass and trees, uh, out of, but it bent the grass and the trees and it wasn't a cold wind. It was a very hot wind. It left as soon as it started and it smelled of something that had just died. And then we heard the sound of drums. Holy crap. Um, so holy smokes. You got chicken skin. Got some chicken skin. Chicken cam. Chicken cam. Okay. So uh, for the, for one episode only, chicken yeah, cam. Yeah, this is a special episode. So For so, Adam. So, <laughs> for Adam. So here is uh, Kaneshi, uh, Kaneshi Rowe, the person I thought I was, person from earlier who I thought I was talking about a second ago. Yeah. Um, apparently, he's a direct, uh, has a direct line to one of the Hawaiian ali'i <gasps> and has been has been known to say, quote, if you're Hawaiian and you haven't experienced at least three unexplainable things in your life, you're just not paying attention. Whoa. So th- that is the hopefully a good version of the story of the Nightmare Wow, Matures. that is so cool. That's fascinating. I had no idea. Isn't it super sp- I had I got a lot of chicken skin from that one. Yeah, that one really got me. Also, if you are Hawaiian and I mess it up at all, I am very open to constructive criticism and I will correct myself and the next episode we'll so do another corrections corner um <clears throat> wow that was good yes um, that was really good thank you i i thought it was super spooky it, it I, I knew of them but i didn't actually know i had no idea in my mind from when i heard about it like years ago i thought i didn't know they were ghosts i thought they were just like people who were like hired to like, like this was a, a current day thing like they were like lifeguards and they just like walked the shore at night or something i don't know <laughs> maybe they are lifeguards maybe in a way in a way an after lifeguard wow wait a minute an after lifeguard. Th- talk about baywatch that would be a fun <laughs> spinoff eva please write that down and okay. also trademark it because that's a good one that's, <laughs> DM, 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 that's DM. actually a good one um i don't know how much it costs to tra- trademark something but if it's like less than 50 dollars, i'd like to trademark it <laughs> <laughs> but if it's more like, let's not, because I think tomorrow we might already forget about it. Yep. Okay. Well, I have this one that I am. I'm excited so for this one. Scared of. I'm excited. I've, you're quite a ringing endorsement on this one. I'm frightened, really. And I was last. Do night. I know this story? I don't know. This is one. It's the story of Israel Keys. You, do you know it? I all? feel like I've heard you say it. Yeah. We and talk, that's why I it know it came up recently in like a face uh, Patreon live stream because some people asked uh-huh. about it and I said I was covering it. Soon. I think I only know it because you've said I want to cover this, and but I, like, I don't know anything. Knew about I'd it. be covering it, but I didn't want to, you know, give it away. But um, it's one that I get probably requested most, huh. or at least top five of like really re- requests. Yeah, it's very wow, commonly okay. requested, um, and I didn't know it. I like knew the name and I. But that's it. I knew nothing about it. I just knew it was a creepy story. Wow. Okay. Well, knuckle and buckle. I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe there's certain just like triggers in here that like got me personally, but I per- I find it very frightening. Um, Great. And I listened to, uh, <clears throat> again, a Crime Junkie episode on this as well and also spooky. Um, so this... This is the story of Israel Keys. Um, it takes right. place in Anchorage, Alaska. So we're doing a Hawaii Woo! and Alaska episode. Oh my gosh. Have fun. Okay. Um, now it's not fun anymore. So February 1st of 2012, uh, a young man who lives in Anchorage goes to pick up his girlfriend, 18-year-old Samantha, where she works at a coffee stand called Common Grounds. It's like this, it's like a stand with one employee who serves coffee in a parking lot. <laughs> it's a common thing you know it's always those places that have the best of anything exactly and i guess it's more common up there but it it reminds me of like a mall kiosk Mm. do you know what i mean like it's just like one employee yeah so it's called common grounds there's can i do a shout out to a restaurant out here in la of course you may i think it's in it's close it's closer to the valley 
It's called Bill's Burgers, which is funny because it's like Bob's Burgers. Oh. <laughs> but it's literally like this this old dude and his wife at basically their own little like kiosk stand and they make like the best burgers. Really? Okay. Well, so that was my first shout out. thought. Yeah. I uh, I have a photo of Common Grounds here. That's precious. I know. It's like a little... Uh, Loving the color. It's a little teal. Really pops against the snow. So this is where things just get really unfortunate. So he goes to pick up his girlfriend, Samantha, who's 18 years old. She's working at Common Grounds. And he gets there, and she's not there. Huh. And at first, he thinks, like... The one employee isn't there? The one employee that oh my he's God. picking up is not there. They must have shut down the whole company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's like, that's weird. Maybe I missed the time. I messed up the timing. I don't know. Maybe she got a ride with someone else. Then he gets a text from Samantha. Uh-oh. And it says, hey, I'm spending a couple of days with friends. Let my dad know. No, she's not. No, no, no. Certainly not. No, she's not. That's why you got to have code words. The owner of the coffee shop says, uh, we have CCTV. So they pull the video and you can watch it on YouTube. And it is very frightening. Um, she's in the stand. A customer approaches the window. She makes him a drink, uh, hands him a cup, kind of turns around as if he like pointed at something. And when she turns back, she jumps like she's startled. Um, she throws up her hands as so if she's someone has being, a gun or something. Exactly. As if she's being held up. Um, and then it's it's kind of a long series of events over several minutes. But she she has her hands up. She turns off the lights. Um, but you can still see from like parking lot lights or outside yeah. lights. Um, uh, and then she lays on the ground. <laughs> then you see a man in a ski mask crawl through the window. <gasps> crawl? Yeah. Okay. Into this tiny little thing. Right. I was going to say this thing looks like a like concession a w- stand. Yes, like- exactly. Like a one-person stand. Crawls through the window, takes Samantha, and grabs her and pulls her out the window with him. They didn't, couldn't just go out the door? I guess not. Maybe okay. he, maybe she wouldn't unlock the door. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But he crawls through like the window, grabs her, pulls her through, and then um, leads her down the street. So, of course, her brother and her dad watch this, and they're like, oh, my God. Uh, and they don't know if this is, like, someone she knows or, like, someone yeah. she's gotten into a fight with or someone who has, like, stalking her or who knows what. Um, but they look through her social media. They're trying to figure out, like, how this guy might have found out she was working there or what have you. And they just keep hitting dead ends, and there's nothing. Um, and then two and a half weeks later – this is the first update they get is two and a half weeks. So that must have been just a nightmare period of time of like. I would have assumed the worst at that no point. No clue. Right. I've been like, okay. What else can you do? Yeah. I mean, and part of you has to have hope, I guess. So it just <sighs> must be worst. so scary and frustrating. So it's two and a half weeks later, uh, February 24th, 2012. Uh, Samantha's boyfriend gets another text from Samantha's phone. And it says Connor Park, which is the name of, of a dog park in town. Sign under pick of Albert, ain't she purdy? I hate it, but I also don't understand. So what I'm gathering is Connor Park, There, uh, there's a sign under a picture of Albert, who I guess is like, there's like a plaque or okay. something to some guy named Albert. And then it says, like, look under the picture of Albert at the dog park. And then it says, ain't she purdy? Is it her body? They don't know what's going to be there. So they go to the dog park and find a Ziploc bag with a ransom note and a picture of Samantha with that day's Anchorage Daily News. 
uh, so to prove she's alive, and the ransom demands $30,000. So police recover the note. They help coordinate the transfer of money, um, which Samantha's father facilitates and raise, raises from the community. Her family doesn't have $30,000. Who does? Who does? <laughs> right? What are you talking like, about? Yeah. I just said I would trademark something for fifty, and I'm already regretting it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they, they managed to raise $30,000, um, and they gather the money alongside the FBI and their deal with the bank basically is like, we'll put this in the bank. And, uh, as soon as it's accessed, we'll go after whoever it is. So the problem is anytime the ATM is accessed, they have to rush to that location. Like they don't know in advance. And so by the time they get there, he's gone. So they're like chasing this guy like right. cat and mouse basically um and there are three times the guy accesses uh the atm with samantha's pin so he has her atm card and her pin number um and it's the correct one because he's withdrawing the daily limit of 500 dollars each time wow so trying to figure out the next step they're like how do we anticipate where he's gonna be right. uh they're just kind of stuck and then on March can't 7th... They, can't they, like, reach out to, like, banks, like, security cameras and be like, what bank is he always going to? Or? So that's kind of what they did. He went all over the place, but he was always covering his face with a mask. Oh, okay. So they were, oops, so they were, like, just stuck a little bit. So they were, mm-hmm. like, they told the bank, like, if somebody comes into the bank, of course, you know, let Like, us. every person who, like, withdraws $500 today are like, oh, I guess it's her Well, they have too. the number, yeah. yeah. So it, it was, like triggered every time he used her card but he was so fast that by the time like they got to that bank or that atm uh and you know there are atms too that are like not at a super public place so maybe he was finding them i don't know but he was able to evade them until march 7th so they're now so he's in anchorage right all of a sudden the atm transactions start happening in arizona then Lordsburg, New Mexico. Then Whoa. three days later on March 10th in Texas. Wow. So he's, they're, they're traveling. Booking it. Right. So somehow got from Alaska to Texas. How do you? Or Arizona, Oof. New Mexico, Texas. So yeah. he's like on a clear path to like. Yeah. Through the States. Um, <clears throat> so they're watching all these like helplessly watching these, the security footage when they notice that there seems to be a white Ford focus in the background whenever he's there pulling money. So they're like, okay, that's his car, this white Ford focus mm. that he's getting into. So they put out an APB on this white Ford focus being like, well, I mean, I drive, maybe I shouldn't say what car I drive, but I drive a very similar, very generic right. car. And so I think any white Ford, you know, that's, that's a very generic thing. They don't have high hopes. Let's put it that way. Right um also my fear would be like even though you're trying to help maybe you're hurting because like if you put something out that obvious then won't he just change cars yeah that's true too but i guess that was just an apb to the police i don't oh, think oh, it was oh. like an it wasn't like m- a media a, thing uh-huh, right okay i'm sure if they got a hold of it you're right it would have probably given him a tip off to right and then it's like okay now we're looking for everything like a but black a toyota <laughs> right <laughs> it's just exactly everything but a white ford so th- They put out an APB, and, like, luckily, a Texas Highway Patrol corporal named Brian Henry, alongside a Texas Ranger named Stephen Rayburn, are on duty when they spot a white Ford Focus. And they don't have a reason to pull this car over. So they're like, let's just follow and see if he does anything. And he's driving three miles 
over the speed limit, three miles per hour over the speed limit. So they pull him over because technically he's speeding. He's speeding. Um, and they ask for license and registration. He hands them the ID and it says Alaska. <laughs> and they're like, holy, holy shit, like this is literally our guy. Wow. <sighs> Gives me the shivers. The name on the ID is Israel Keys. So they have the guy. Uh, he has, they search his car. He has Samantha's debit card and cell phone, but Samantha is not in the car with him. Samantha's dead as Jane. <sighs> she has to be. You don't have to say anything yet. Yikes. But I have a hunch. Can I just end the story then? Because <laughs> here we be done. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And, and that's why. <laughs> Certainly why I drink this evening. Um, no Samantha. So from uh, Lufkin, Texas, which is where he was apprehended, Keys was extra- extradited back to Alaska for a hearing, and that took place in May of 2012. Partway through it, Keys broke free from his steel leg shackles, jumped over the railing in the first row seats. And was tackled and had to, uh, they had to use a taser to oh subdue gosh. him. <laughs> like he's on the plane. No, no, no at the uh, <laughs> no at the um, hearing. Oh, oh, oh. sorry, I'm <laughs> on I... the plane. Oh god. Well, I just thought like like I, I I assume they flew him there, right? Yeah, he was. Uh, I I assume so. My my thought immediately was like, can't imagine being on that fucking plane. traveling from Texas to Alaska <laughs> with this fucking guy, right? Who broke free from steel shackles. Well, that's what he did what when they were sight. at the trial. I know. Yeah. In my head, it was the a plane. Oh, on the plane, right? Yes. Um, so he jumps over the railing into the gallery area. He's tackled by deputies. They use a taser to subdue him. Wow. And he later commented, "Come on, let's face it. I'm a bad guy who tried to escape, but nobody really thought I was a good guy before that." So he tried, um, but if you see a picture of him, he doesn't look like a scary dude. And I know that sounds like a dumb thing to say, but it's even scarier because it's just a normal, friendly-looking guy. It's scary because, like, if he was a, quote, scary-looking dude... Exactly. Like, at least you feel less guilty or stupid for not knowing, noticing. Yeah, or... Like, when it's someone who looks, like, super straight-laced and normal, it's, like, it's more... It's more creepy because it's like, wow, any like I was totally taken off he guard. He could have just fooled anyone. Yeah. And like the way on Crime Junkie they described it, I think Britt said he's like any other guy you'd see at a barbecue, which is what you said about me, by the way, the other day. I just realized when you were describing my look. Look, I, I have <laughs> obviously changed it since. You have really. Too comfy chic. You've gone in loop-de-loops all I've over. I've gone on quite a roller coaster trying to figure out exactly what I meant. <laughs> And now I'm I'm standing firm. <laughs> so basically, that's he. Like we'll have a photo in the video. Um, I don't have one for you right now, and I'm sorry. But that's picture okay. just a just a you know white dude, and he just he looks a white dude, a serial killer. There's a white dude. That's impossible. I probably descended from Europeans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just kidding. But yes, um, I understand what you're saying. Uh, gosh, yeah. So he looks very just like a normal dude you'd pass down the street. You know, like when you look at a picture of a serial killer who looks really ferocious or whatever, you're like, God, you can see in his or eyes. Like, got the eyes, that yeah. he's like, <laughs> has bad intentions. Yeah. He just looks pretty fucking <clears throat> normal. And I agree. It is super weird. It makes it's, it creepier. Worse. I'm just like, it is really, it could be anyone. So he later said, no one in my life really knows me. No one would ever suspect me. I can be both people, a killer and a normal neighbor and family man. Ugh. And it turns out he literally was. So he had a girlfriend and a daughter who had no idea about this. Where did they think he was this whole time? 
Well, I'll tell you. So when he was in Texas on the lamb, he had even been at his sister's wedding. That's literally why he was in Texas. He Shut went to his sister's up. wedding. No Nobody way. fucking knew what he was doing. Can you um, imagine being like, next time I'm at a wedding, I'm going to like scan the crowd and be like, who here looks like they're sweating bullets about something? Everyone, because it's a bunch of people at a dance floor. But I think it's because of our podcast. So it's an abnormal amount compared to others. But for us, probably on a daily basis, I think like it's, it's going to sound really toxic, but like. Or in my head, I'm like, I can't imagine being a serial killer and having, like, being worried all the time that I'm going to get caught. I think it. I think some people just don't worry. Arguably, every day I think that. I'm yes, like, but you and I. That oh, I think I'm it's because sure of our podcast. I hope so, but you and I aren't serial killers, and therefore. You and I couldn't do it because there are people like this who are sociopaths and they don't care. They don't think they're going to get caught. There, are, I mean, I guess there's people who just definitely just don't care and I'm way too emotional about that stuff. Yes, you and I couldn't be serious. We don't, we don't have the ability to just be like, <laughs> step back from it, you know? I do think all the time that I'm like, oh, thank God I'm not a serial killer. Like, I couldn't handle that pressure. <laughs> oh my gosh, I always think the opposite of thank God I'm not a serial killer's victim. But. Okay, well, that goes without saying. <laughs> But I think about the 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 paranoia I, the I myself would have. But that's why we'd be caught immediately if we did something. Yeah, I would just turn myself in. We would be too stressed and guilty. I would just be like, I'm so sorry. Seri- I'm I mean, so serious. Sorry. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think people like this are have the same emotional capacity or sure. threshold that we do, perhaps. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, um, I know. So in any case, he literally has this completely separate life and nobody fucking knows. Um he he was at his sister's wedding and during the ceremony was ranting about how he didn't believe in God. So maybe he would be easier to spot if you were at a wedding. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> the okay. one interrupting the That's, ceremony. I'm not going to call it a red flag, but it's certainly an orange one. <laughs> it's not, it's, uh, it's not a, a pretty one. It's, it's peach. It's a little, it's getting a little rosé in there. Um, so it turned, okay. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm just going to give you background on this motherfucker. So okay. Israel Keyes was born in Cove, Utah on January 7th, 1978 to Heidi and John Keyes, um, who were a Mormon family. They moved to Colville, Washington when he was between three and five, where they converted from Mormonism to fundamental Christianity, which Israel would later describe as a more militant militia sort of church. Uh, he was second of 10 children and along with his siblings, Whose names included Autumn Rose, Charity, Hosanna, and Sunshine, which I'm like, this is going to be an w- interesting household. Sunshine. Hosanna, that one got me. Hosanna is one of the plaths. Charity yeah. is one of the Greenleafs. Yeah, I figured maybe we'd be hitting. You said fundamentalist Christian, and I went, yeah, here we you go. Went, you get it. You get <laughs> it. Um, so he lived in a one-room cabin. Again, he's two, second of 10 children. Lived in a okay, one-room so like cabin with no electricity or running water. Um, as they were homeschooled, there's not really much record of them, uh, of the family growing up, but multiple stories attest to him having a normal upbringing, which I'm like, normal under whose standards? God's. Under Obviously. the one true God. Okay, sure. Hosanna in the highest. Uh, <laughs> <at> the, <laughs> the sunshine. I literally get a song. My ex-boyfriend's name was Sunshine. What? My ex-boyfriend's name was Sunshine. I had to say it. I was going to blurt it out. This is why I can't be a serial killer. Yes. You had a boyfriend named Sunshine? Well, it was like his nickname, but yeah, that's what we called him. That's what everyone called him. Is it the boyfriend I'm thinking of? I don't know. Who are you thinking of? The main one. The the main ex you have. Oh, no. Who the fuck was Sunshine? Who was my high school boyfriend? Okay. (laughs) We're still learning about each other. 
We're still learning. I don't know why I never like tell people that. Sassy fun. and sunshine. That's a fun been fact. Quite a thing. Okay. Yeah, I made. Why sunshine? Because he was happy. I literally, don't know. Actually, oh. now that I think about it, I'm like that was just what, his name. Sunshine. Okay. Well, great. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I wonder I'm, if Ryan listens to this. That was his like real name. Ryan Sunshine. I wonder if he listens to this. Probably not, right? <laughs> like that he doesn't was, anymore. He doesn't anymore. He's like, oh, and he's now like, I've been targeted. He's like, why are you calling me out specifically? <laughs> like, Don't blame me. My name's Sunshine. <laughs> I do feel bad. I Anyway, hi, Sunshine. It didn't go well. I mean, it went well, and then it didn't It didn't end well. I guess no X's end well. Okay, let's just change the subject. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I just sorry, feel. sunshine. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Okay, sorry. Uh, Rainy cloud over here had something to say. And fuck. <laughs> um, we'll talk about it later. Okay. okay. So they, uh, at the time, Keys became friends and neighbors with uh, someone named Chevy Kehoe. Chevy spelled I E though. Chevy. <laughs> Chevy. Chevy <laughs> Kehoe, who later became a white supremacist and. Great. Currently, sir, it's not funny, but it's just Fuck. it's just like, hey, could it get worse? Oh wait, it's not funny. We within sixty seconds went from sunshine <laughs> to white supremacy. No, I can't. Oh my god, I can't even make this shit up. It's it's so bad. Okay, so Shavai, who Shavai? Shavai Kehoe later became a white supremacist and is currently serving three life sentences for the kidnapping, torture, and murder of a gun dealer named William Mueller, as well as his family. Wow. Yeah. It- Went from sunny to not so sunny. To, like, really fucking dark. Uh, Keys attended something called the Ark and Christian Israel Covenant Church. Uh, and if you think about it, his name was Israel. So he's like, Israel, Hosanna. Like, this is just very Right. Hardcore. It makes sense that they were very, you know, strict fundamentalist. and fundamentalist. Yeah. So they taught uh, Christian identity uh, as, like, their... Uh-huh belief system which i guess is this like really anti-semitic racist white supremacist interpretation of religion which believes that all or not even religion just like humanity which believes that all non-white people uh will either be exterminated or enslaved in order to serve the white race in the new heavenly kingdom on earth under the reign of jesus christ hosanna in the highest if god says so oh my god if the weird old white man who probably runs this church says so it's the worst and who was the person who said this this was israel Yes, this was, oh, this was just what their belief system was. This was his was. upbringing. Christ like, that's life. the church he yeah. attended. Um, and then they're if like, that's God, ABC I don't News him. says he had a normal <laughs> upbringing. And I'm like, you're damn right. If that's normal, <laughs> yikes. I mean, no wonder we're all screwed, I guess. Oh, my God. I can't um, believe it. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I can't believe it. I just don't want to believe it. You know, you said, I can't believe it with, like, no conviction whatsoever. <laughs> I can't I believe it. I can't believe it. This is so Kel shocking. Surprise. Kel fucking surprise. Wow. Okay. What's um, next, Christine? Oh, God. Are you sure you want to know? Uh, As a teenager, Keyes renounced his Christianity um, because he instead became interested in atheistic Satanism. Oh. He really did a 180. Yeah. Uh, Instead of worshiping the devil as a real figure in atheistic Satanism, which I feel like we mentioned sometimes is like, it's not like, oh, I'm drawing pentagrams on the ground. No, I'm like kind of down with the Satanists. Yeah. I mean, it's. I've, I've seen some of like their commandments or whatever. I'm like, I think I'm a Satanist. Yeah. They're, 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 I mean, it's like respect it's people and be basically nice. Basically, like anti-establishment, anti-corporate. I mean, typically, as far as what I've read. Yeah, it's got it's got a, a bad rep in the public from eye. the eighties. Yeah, it's 90s. got yeah from our from our parents not knowing what they were talking about. Yes, uh, 
So basically, instead of worshiping the devil as a real figure in atheistic Satanism, the image of Satan is embraced because of its association with social nonconformity and rebellion against the dominant system. Um, Anton Sandor LaVey, the creator of the atheistic Satanism religious movement, stated that the reason it's called Satanism is because it's fun, it's accurate, and it's productive. (laughs) Productive? Productive for what? I don't know. But perhaps? Um, Alongside, like, this Satanism... Thing he developed and chilling with uh, future serial white supremacist serial killers. As a teenager, Keyes was known for shooting at houses with BB guns, breaking into homes, starting fires in the woods, stealing firearms, and he later admitted to killing cats. Okay, well. None of this is normal upbringing. If it is, <sighs> that's not good. No. That's my hot take, by the way. Hot. Uh, <laughs> the hottest take of them all. Whew, okay. Uh, so this is just where things, I mean, everything's just this man's bananas. We're in the, tra- the trash in the ground already, and it's just getting worse. So <laughs> then Keyes served in the U.S. military, interestingly. Excellent! After all this anti-establishment oh. stuff, he joined the military uh, from ages 20 to 23. Wow, a, a man with these beliefs with a little bit of authority now. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see where this goes. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh <laughs> He worked as a specialist where he was known to be quiet and often kept to himself. Uh, he drank on weekends. He drank his favorite drink, which is wild turkey bourbon. Um, shout out, Kentucky. Uh, he drank excessively. In his final year in the military, which was 2000 to 2001, he was stationed in Egypt for six months. Um, according to the Anchorage Daily News, he and some other soldiers would often frequent Tel Aviv, uh, which was about 700 kilometers away. Um, in his namesake country, Israel. So I think that's... Oh you know why not to pay for sex workers um which nothing inherently wrong with that um no i just don't don't like anything he does one bit no i just don't don't like him him. like no i feel bad like sex sex workers please leave him alone please don't go near him he seems but again like he looks really normal Normal, right chill and handsome and if he's you know whatever i don't know if he's handsome i only like looked at a photo once and then i freaked myself out last night so i'm gonna show that in the we'll show that on the youtube Uh or you can google uh it um, another one of his favorite pastimes was uh, listening to his favorite band. Do you want to guess what his favorite fucking band was? The Killers? <laughs> no, but they're great. <laughs> I think that's a little too mainstream. Um, the his the Stranglers from the last <laughs> episode? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, his favorite band was Insane Clown Posse. Okay, well, that should have been in my... my I think you should have guessed it. That should have been... That's Sassy's favorite, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, no. So, in case you don't know what ICP is, uh, <laughs> I actually... Dude, that's fucked up. My friend Nicole's podcast did, like, a really good episode. It was, like, their second episode. It was really early. Um, but they did I remember you talking about such it. Such a good episode on it, to the point where I was like, I had no idea about how, like... Insane? Big. <laughs> insane. Um, this posse is like i had no idea how like their cult how deep their culture like you know is yeah. goes i don't know too much but they i drink know fago what they drink fago oh okay soda that, yeah that's like a big thing yeah yeah i didn't it's i like don't, their association with fago i don't know i didn't know the connection <laughs> i didn't know that they were inv- associated with fago it's like a huge thing yeah oh okay uh, wow. so they're an american hip-hop duo if you don't know what i'm talking about composed of violent J and shaggy two dope um, he, That's what I call myself. He, oh, no, it isn't. Um, <laughs> he had a picture of them on his wall. Here, I'll show you the photo. Em. Okay, so you want to like have some inspiration of ICP? Yeah, I here they this. are. I love their look. Cute. Um, so you know, just quite a store, quite a quite a culture they have. We're not they're getting the, into it, but for the people who didn't make it out of loves and laughs, <laughs> you know, 
They didn't graduate. They didn't graduate from Loves and Laughs. No. They were the ones who got detention all the time. Yeah. Uh, they perform a style of hardcore hip-hop known as horrorcore <gasps> with supernatural and horror-themed lyrics, um, and their, their, their fans or their listeners are called Juggalos, the Juggalos. So uh, the duo also found the ind- founded the independent record label Psychopathic Records. So now we're all combining all of this into a, into a nice little stew. With a pretty little bow on with it. With a big bow on it, yeah. And this is what Israel is, uh, who he is, what he is. Um, so after he's back from the army, um, he or I guess while he's – after he's back from Egypt, he's still in the army, stationed at Washington's Fort Lewis base. He begins a relationship with a woman um, who was a member of the Maka Indian tribe who later gave birth to their daughter. And they remain anonymous for probably for the best in this, most publications. Um, after he was on, honorably discharged from the army in 2001, the three of them moved to the Maka Reservation in Nia Bay, Washington, um, where Keys worked for the tribal authority. And there's not much known about their relationship at this point or like what was going on with him. All we do know is that he later admitted to investigators that it was no surprise he was going to commit his first murder soon after moving to Nia Bay because Nia Bay is a boring town. <sighs> so around 2005, um, Keyes was convicted of driving under the influence and other traffic-related charges, but that was, like, the first, like, brush with the law, I guess. Sure. Um, In March of 2007, when he was 29 years old, he and his daughter left her mother after the parents' relationship broke down, and that's when he moved to Anchorage and moved in with a different woman, like his new girlfriend girlfriend, with his daughter from the previous marriage. In Anchorage, Keyes started a construction business called Keyes Construction, uh, working as a handyman, contractor, and general laborer. Um, and then now we're skipping forward. This is how he established his life in Anchorage. Now we know what happened at common grounds and then he drove to Texas right, right, and now right, right. he's back and they're like, what the fuck is going on? So right. that's his background, how he got to Anchorage. Like record scratch. You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> it's like we're playing the insane clown posse on the <laughs> Victriola. <laughs> stupid show. This is a fucking stupid show. Okay. <laughs> Um, wow, I just can't stop thinking about whether Sunshine listens to this. Okay. (laughs) I'm, like, so embarrassed. Okay. Not about him, but, like, to him. Like, I'm sorry. We've really covered a lot of territory while covering nothing at all. Oh, my God. It's so bad. The Red Surfer and Sunshine. The Red Surfer. Stop. Oh, no. Oh, I'd rather be a burrito with no pants on. Me too. I'm so jealous. <laughs> uh, so now he's in custody it, back in Alaska, and police are like, they demand to know about Samantha and what happened, and he tells them, don't expect her to come home. Mm. It turns out she's been dead almost the entire time he's had her. So he tells them what happened. In February of 2012, he decides he's going to kill someone. That's it. Uh, And this is what adds to the scariness. He had no connection to Samantha. He just saw that Common Grounds was the... He said, I think a coffee shop's a good place to kidnap somebody. The fuck? Yeah. And then saw that it was open the latest. Oh, my God. So he just went there. That's the Strangers shit right there. That's the fucking movie. Oh, where they just go to, like, Well, because, like, right before the final final scene when, like... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Everyone fucking dies. But, like... Oh, no. But at, right beforehand, the girl who's about to get killed goes, why us? Like, why did you knock on our door? Why are you, why us? And they were like, because you were home. 
That's exactly it. He basically is like, he had no preference. It wasn't like he found her, you know, attractive or he wanted, it just, he just was like, why not? Which I think is why this story becomes just so fucking unsettling. It's like the strangers where it's like. Just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. You had no way of avoiding it. Like there was just no way to know what what he would do next. So uh, he kidnapped Sam as seen in CCTV, but you can't really see what he's doing. Apparently he put her in zip ties. Um, then he took her back to his – so he pulled her out of the window. Apparently, she escaped while he was walking her to his van and ran for a while screaming for help, and he grabbed her again, and nobody heard her. So that is also really upsetting. Um, and then he took her back to his shed where his girlfriend and daughter were literally asleep in the house behind the shed. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it's like a really cute little blue house. Like, again, an unsuspecting – uh, like that's the house. Oh my gosh! It's just like a cute little blue house, and he just puts her in this little shed, and his. Which again, like I know I said this earlier about like you know, um, like he was at that wedding in Texas, and it's just like now I wonder like every time I go to a wedding, I'm like, who here like is feeling the most paranoia about something that they're not talking about? Yes, it makes me want to like when I drive through neighborhoods, I'm like, which house has a kidnapped person in it? Oh, I think that a lot too. <laughs> like I'm just like, well, I think about it a lot, and like when I'm walking down the street, I'm like, who. Am I walking by that like yeah. thought for a second that they should probably kill me? Like, <laughs> like who who has like some homicidal tendencies that I've walked past and like probably I got all, away? Probably more than we'd like to know. Um, if the answer is one or more, I'm scared for the rest of my life. <laughs> Greater than or equal to one? It's probably I'm at least sure, one, right? Like maybe that's like maybe that's my ego talking. Like someone must have wanted to, but like. You know, like, but there's all these stories of like in Cleveland where the the women were held for ten years in this guy's basement, um, uh, and it's like th- the neighbors were horrified because they were like, we had no fucking idea. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's it's really scary. Um, so he puts her in the shed, um, and also it's like Alaska in February, so it's not like there's heating in this little shed. No. So he just ties her up in there. Um, then. He told her, listen, I just want ransom money. If you cooperate, I won't hurt you. That was a lie. He had no intention of keeping her alive. So when he realized that Samantha didn't have her phone on her um, and he wanted to send ransom text messages, he's like, where's your phone? She says, it's at the coffee shop. So he literally leaves her there, goes back to the coffee shop, breaks in and gets her phone, and then comes back. And then he's like, well, where's your debit card so I can get the money? And she says, it's in my boyfriend's truck. So this motherfucker goes to her boyfriend's house and breaks into his truck and gets her debit card. Wow. And the boyfriend saw him. (gasps) It's really, this is rough too, because the boyfriend saw him breaking into the truck and like tried to chase him down, but he got away. And like, you just wonder like, what if he had caught him or what if he had run and gotten him on time or right oh my god so he gets the that's probably added guilt on the boyfriend too of like wow if only i ran a little apparently he turned behind to like call for help and then by the time he got back outside like he was gone and it's just like it just makes me feel really awful for that for him it just sounds wow like added pressure and guilt um so while he was out, like, running around grabbing all her belongings, he had her tied up in a shed and playing the radio at high volume so no one could hear her, which is also just fucking re- scary. Um, he – so he comes back. Now, the following day, February 2nd, 2012, 
she's in there overnight um he rapes her and then kills her after he pours himself a large glass of wine and just is like now i'm going to kill you can i ask how um doesn't matter i don't actually know if we know how i hope it was swift yeah, I don't I know. It wasn't a torture thing. I'll tell you. I mean, you, it was already torture. Yes, but he. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fine. You, we'll I, learn more about his methods, so <coughs> maybe that'll give a clue. Jesus. Okay. So after he killed her, he went back into the house, and he and his family packed for a cruise that they were going on. Fuck off. Okay. I know. So he like already did a. He was on his way to a wedding after the cruise. Right. Exactly. Wow. So he just had so many vacations planned. He's a very popular guy. So he left her in the shed. They traveled now to I'm New York. Now I'm going to go on a cruise and be like, who here feels paranoid? Literally, don't go on a cruise. That's my first tip. Do you know what happens on cruises? The toilets break and everything goes awry. <laughs> and that's it. That's the only problem. It's a big problem. And then everyone <laughs> has poop in the halls. Okay. So he and his family pack for this cruise. Then they go to New Orleans and they're on a two week cruise in the Gulf of Mexico. And she's just in the fucking shed, like <sighs> dead. Wow. Yeah. So cru- there's a thing called the Cruise Law News. Uh, <laughs> don't you get me started. The Cruise Law News. And they made a statement that said, I suppose that the only point to be learned is that when you cruise, you never know who you're cruising with. A few thousand people did, in fact, sail out of New Orleans with a serial killer with fresh blood on his hands. If you cruise, will a serial killer be aboard? Seems unlikely to me. Okay. Bl- that's like literally what happened yuck cruise law news also a question did he so to be a serial killer don't you have to have killed many people Mm -hmm. Uh, i I, I see (laughs) okay okay this was the outlet into his life (laughs) also so he kill so he killed her and then they went on the cruise and just left her body in the shed was he not worried about when they got back, like the smell or cleaning it up before his so girlfriend it was found out? Also, February in Alaska, so, so her she body was preserved. Just, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, got it. And I guess my guess is that like the girlfriend just didn't go in the shed because like it never seemed to be a concern. If we had a shed, I'd never go in there. So yeah, okay. I get it. <laughs> yeah, fair. So <laughs> you don't have to explain what's that the one in February and going into a small shed. Right. I don't know unless you had something to get out of there. So it wasn't until he got back to Anchorage. That he put together the ransom note in the picture. That's why two weeks later the boyfriend got a text. Yeah. Because he was on a fucking cruise. But remember when the photo had her with the newspaper? It was her dead body. (sighs) He took a picture of her dead body. Took a needle and fishing line and sewed her eyes open. Good night. To make it look like she was alive. But she had been dead for two weeks in that photo. Is this not, like, the most fucking horrific thing you've ever heard? It really troubled me last night and every other night that I've thought about it. Um, I feel like if I had that picture, if someone sent me a picture, I feel like I, this is not trying to, like, victim blame at all. I would have noticed something was off about my girlfriend's body if her well, eyes also, were Well, also, she's open, literally right? kidnapped. Right, her, in you're a, right, she doesn't look stoked. No, and, so, like, like if you see different. the photo, it's just, like, a, you know. So weird. I feel like I I've would, seen the photo, by well, the, the way, the, and it's horrifying. I was going to say, the thing that I'm that's happening in my head is, like, I'm shocked that it didn't look more unnatural or, like, that. Uh, it doesn't matter. Sorry, keep going. I mean. It, this is all blowing my mind. Yeah. Well done on this story. It's uh, a. <sighs> I'll show you the photo later if you want to see it. 
it's one of those things where if you see it, you're like, oh my God, she looks so scared. And then later you're like, no, she's dead. Uh-huh. Like okay. you just don't even know. You wouldn't think of it. I don't think anyone would think, oh, maybe her eyes are sewn open. This also makes me think like he's just a terrible, pl- like he clearly isn't like a, um, he didn't plan any of this. Oh, he's, he's just like. He's actually like one of the most carefully planned Really? Because like, right now it sounds like he's really just kind of putzing around. Well, and this and is like, why this one, for whatever reason, was his undoing, because he didn't do a good job. You know what's wild is if he hadn't, if there weren't security cameras there, he might have gotten away with all of it. Right? Yeah. Well, no, because he was texting them, remember? Oh, right, right, I right. I think that was... And the, the card thing. Sorry, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. but you're right. I mean, because I, that's such a big clue to, like, be on video. But, yeah, I guess the thing that got him screwed was that he texted them and was like... Right. He probably would never have gotten caught if uh, he hadn't texted them for money. If he didn't try so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Ugh. I mean, I've been, like, nauseous all day. So he took a needle and fishing line, sewed her eyes open... And then can you imagine being the dad, the parents and the boyfriend and being like, well, also like now looking at the picture again after having it this whole time mm-hmm. and now realizing a new thing about it. And it's that she's dead. Yeah. It's really revolting. Revolting. Exactly. So ugh, it makes me sick. Um, he then dismembered her body, drove to Madanuska Lake. I think that's how you say it, where he built an ice fishing shelter around himself, which is a thing I guess people do um, to keep warm. So he built a nice fishing shelter for himself so that he could dispose of the body, the pieces of the body um, in the lake and no one noticed. Um, They found her body there when he told them where it was uh, and they were able to bring her to her family to lay her to rest. Um, So police are unsettled as fuck basically at this point and they're like, this can't be his first murder. This can't be. Like the way he's acting... He's cool, calm, and collected. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not the first time. And he's like, Yeah, you're right. But I'm not going to tell you anything until you promise me that you will have me uh, executed within the year. What? He's like, I don't want to live in jail for the rest of my life. Aw. I know, boo fucking who. Aw, you don't. Oh, I guess we'll give you what you want. Asshole. I'd make sure he stayed in jail alive. Me too. And well. So he, yeah. So he's like, I want to be executed before I get end up caged in jail for the rest of my life. Um, Poor baby. He said, I don't want my story to be sensationalized. And apparently he didn't want his daughter to hear about the details of his crimes, even though he seemed to have no remorse. So it was a little weird. It was like, he was very concerned that his daughter didn't hear all this, but also what the fuck? Like, then don't do it. Like, what did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? All she has to do is Google you one day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't want any of it to get out in the media. He was like, I don't want okay. this publicized. Right. So uh, it takes several hours of interviews. Uh, you can see all the interviews online. Uh, eventually, he starts to hint at the additional crime. So they're starting to gather information. It's super creepy. He tells police, you will only know if I killed people if I tell you I killed them. All of my victims are just missing persons, and you would never think to connect me to them. Wow. I like have goose cam because it, I mean, it's literally true. So it turns out that the murder of Samantha was the first and only time he ever killed in a town that he lived in, but he was also a prolific serial killer. So the FBI spent six months trying to piece together his past. And it turns out he spent much of his adult life traveling and was like a scary, meticulous planner. So he would take trips just to prepare for future murders He would fly somewhere, rent a car, then drive to a random town, and then he would bury what he called a kill kit 
It was like a bucket with weapon cash restraints Drano to hide evidence. And he would leave it there sometimes for years before he just decided this is the month I'm going to go and use my kill kit in some random fucking town in America. Wow. So he, the victims were always victims of opportunity. No planning of the victims. Just like, I want to do a murder in Vermont today. So it's just so scary. It's, he said he had buried kill kits in Texas, Wyoming, Alaska, Washington, New York, and Vermont. Sometimes in the woods. Um, sometimes he would go to find a house that he thought he could break into. Like maybe it had an attached garage or something and he thought he could break into it easily. Um, he also sexually assaulted his victims. And it didn't matter if they were men, women, how old they were. It just was part of his MO. Didn't matter if they were alive. Didn't matter if they were dead. Um, but that was the one thing he refused to talk about. He was so uncomfortable when that came up and he said, I don't want that leaked. I don't want my daughter hearing this. I don't want the public hearing this. Like that was the thing that he was embarrassed about or like, you know, that was too far. Like, I you guess. You don't really get the right to be embarrassed. Exactly. Anymore. Exactly. And what now you're fucking have the gall to try and protect your daughter. Yeah. After you did this to someone else's daughter and countless other people. So he said, I want my kid to have a chance to grow up. You know, she's in a safe place now. She's not going to see any of this. I want her to have a chance to grow up and not have all this hanging over her head, which is weird because then it seems like he has an element of like understanding and remorse or not even remorse, but like an just, understanding of what he did. It just blows my mind when it's like someone who does something that terrible has children. It's like, how can you not imagine like what, how you'd feel if that happened to them? Yeah, like, I, exactly. Which like that shouldn't have to be how you no, see like, it to understand exactly. something. Exactly. You would think that'd at least be a last-ditch effort of like, hey, someone you love, this happens to well, them. Well, he How later said he never, the only, he would never hurt children or dogs. Those are like off limits. But cats are but fucking cats fine. cats are fine. And and also all human beings that are not children And also Samantha, sized. who's 18 years old, is fine, right. I guess. But my daughter, will, I don't want her to know. So in any case, um, he, he literally says, the problem is that nowadays, the more stuff my name is attached to, the more somebody's going to, you know how it is, this true crime bull that people are obsessed with. Fucking piece of shit. I feel attacked. Shit. Yeah, me too. And I'm like, but the reason that we're interested in this shit is because I need to know that these fucking, I don't need to know, but I want to know that these people exist. Yeah. And hey, I'm going to lock my door tonight and probably not sleep for a long time. Um. Anyway, authorities are like fucking fine just tell us about your crimes and we'll talk we'll we'll see if we can like keep this out of the papers um and that's when he decides to tell them about the murders of lorraine and bill courier so june 2nd 2011 which is eight months before he murdered samantha he flew to chicago where he rented a car drove a thousand miles to vermont uh where he ran so he flew from he literally drove from chicago to vermont a thousand miles very far very far trip where he randomly uh, selected two victims, Bill and Lorraine uh, Courier. The only reason he picked them is because their house had um, an attached garage, and he thought that would be easy to break into, which I guess it was. So if you have one of those, just lock the door. Get an alarm system. Um, On the night of June 8, 2011, he broke into the Courier's house via the window in the garage. Um, Once inside, he cut the phone lines, burst into their bedroom, um, encouraged them to put on slippers, rather than walk on broken glass because he wanted to protect their feet. Uh, Until he damaged them however he wanted. Correct. He then led them to the car where he tied them up, then drove them to an abandoned house. Don't ever go to a second location. 
Um, and how did he find this farmhouse? Uh, we don't know. According to a New York Post article, um, it was around 4 a.m., quiet and dark, the road and sky horizonless, when Keyes pulled up to an abandoned farmhouse off Route 15. That had been the reason for his drive earlier that day, to look at houses just for this moment. He had prepared, like, in a way in advance, which cat, which fucking abandoned farmhouse he was taking them to. Shit. So he, uh, took them to this farmhouse, shot Bill... Sexually assaulted Lorraine, strangled her, and then in the middle of the murder, by the way, he went out to smoke a cigar in the backyard. And but with the other one, he had a glass of wine. Yes, true. He, he likes having an intermission, apparently. Yes. And also, like, boo-hoo, this must be so stressful on you. Have yeah. a glass of wine. Um, so to this day, the bodies of Bill and Lorraine have never been found, although Keyes has said he put them in trash bags and covered them in Dra- Drano. He later noted that when he was in Vermont on the trip to kill the couriers, he had gone fishing, and he bought a legal fishing license. He didn't want to break the law, you know. Well, thank God. It's just beyond me. An upstanding citizen. Yes, a pillar, one might say. (laughs) Pillar to killer. Police interviewed Keyes for dozens of hours um, to try and get more information on Samantha's murder and the courier's murder. Um, And they really quickly realized these were not the only crimes he had committed. Um, The tone is so bizarre. The police are, like, trying to make him more comfortable to talk, but it looks like buddy-buddy. So it just adds to the creepiness. They're, like, bringing him snacks and stuff. Um, Turns out between 96 and 98, when he was around 18 to 20, he confessed to sexually assaulting a teenager in Oregon who was around 14. Um, He said he had intended to kill her and perform a satanic ritual on her, but he let her go instead. <clears throat> okay. He reflected on the incident in the interview saying it's because he wasn't violent enough. Enough, right? Enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he then confessed that once he had left the military, he began robbing banks for 11 years um to fund his murder spree because it's expensive to rent a car and drive well, to Vermont, right? Uh, an FBI report said that Keyes robbed multiple banks spanning from New York to Texas, burglarized 20 to 30 homes across the United States during this time. Oh my gosh. But most horrific at all he's hinted that he had killed far more people than the three the police knew about uh head investigator godin remembers he told us about a couple in washington state another victim in that area and possibly others in surrounding states he um told investigators that at least some of the disappearances resulted in news stories so it's in the media that these people are disappeared but he's like you would have no idea it was me However, because he often looked for victims in campgrounds, remote trails, and boating areas, a lot of the cases were not flagged as suspicious and were just thought to be accidental. They went missing or succumbed to the elements. That's so wild. And he's like, I went to campgrounds and picked them. Jesus. I mean, it's really horrifying. That's... uh, Okay, he's probably the scariest one you've ever told me about. Right? They call him, like, the scariest serial killer... Scariest scariest serial killer you've never heard of. Yeah. Right? Right? It's yeah. horrifying. So he confessed to killing a woman in New Jersey in April of 2009 um, and burying her in upstate New York. But it's he never confirmed who this body, who this woman was, and her body was never fi- found. Um, FBI Special Agent Barbara Woodruff told CNN that when Keyes was shown a picture of missing woman, 49-year-old Deborah Feldman, Keyes paused and said, I'm not ready to talk about that one. And that might have been the the new york victim mm. um police suspect that after killing samantha he killed another victim while in texas you know for the wedding uh where he also robbed a bank and set a home on fire <clears throat> oh my god there's also been so there's s- nothing he won't do exactly he's just except dogs and babies. except dogs and babies there's also been um a lot of like online uh 
cons- like a chatter about the possibility of him being involved with uh, the disappearance of Maura Murray, who <gasps> was that really, really case we did. I think it was, let's see, episode eight. That was the Queen Mary episode too. Yeah. It was our first fight with Franzia Staines or something. Um, and 21-year-old nursing student Maura Murray who went missing after crashing her car in northern New Hampshire. Um, so it's possible they're related. It's yeah. Like, who knows? Um, and throughout the whole interview, he was like really teasing about it. Um, he once said, the information that I still have might come in handy. Uh, he might be linked to as many as 11 deaths in the U.S. And there might be even more victims outside the country because he also traveled internationally. I mean, remember oh when God. he was like in Egypt and he was going to Tel Aviv? Like, who oh, knows yeah. what the fuck he was doing over there? So he revealed oh. he had hidden the kill kit for the Vermont double murder of Lorraine and Bill Courier two years before the murder in 2009 and then moved the kill kit to Parishville, New York, and police later found it. I have a picture of it for you. So fucking creepy, dude. Uh, do I? Yes, I do. Oh my gosh. It's like ski mask, ropes, uh, screwdriver, glad trash bags, uh, flashlights, gloves. Now every time I go to Walmart, I'm like, okay, why are you buying glad trash bags? Who's buying these ropes? Yeah, nylon string, a belt. That might be the key to what was going on. There's a belt with like already in the loop. I also feel like, can you actually ever buy those things all together at one time without someone suspecting It's such that a you're trope a in those sitcoms where they like accidentally murder someone yeah. and then like go to buy like 80,000 trash bags and yeah. like bleach. So here's a couple of sound bites that were said throughout his interviews with police. Okay, ready? Yeah. In reflecting about how BTK killer Dennis Rader had remorse for his killings after he was caught, Keyes called him a wimp. Uh, when asked why he committed crimes, he reportedly replied, why not? What the hell? He told investigators he admires serial killer Ted Bundy. Um, he They asked retirement plans, and he said he wanted to build a dungeon in his home. What the fuck? He, they said, do you have any boundaries? And he says, I won't kill children and dogs. Uh, congratulations. And from the interviews, police formed an M.O., Basically, he had no obvious victim profile. It was just like whoever's convenient. Random. Random. No connection with the victims. Uh, planned them a long time in advance, burying murder kits sometimes years in advance. He killed far from home, like Vermont, from Alaska to Vermont, um, and then would just fly home, and no one would ever fucking know. Um, he never killed in the same area twice. On his murder trips, he would turn off his cell phone, pay in cash, or go to parks, campgrounds, walking trails, boat docks where people wouldn't be spotted getting abducted. Um, If he targeted a specific home, he scoped for houses with an attached garage, no cars in the driveway, no kids, and no dogs. So um, to this day, uh, Samantha and Bill and Lorraine are still the only confirmed victims of Israel Keys. His trial was scheduled to begin in March of 2013, but on December 2nd of 2012, exactly nine months to the day after he had abducted Samantha, he was found dead in his cell. Good? No, because he had all this information. Like, they were like, oh, okay. thank God. I we was can- like, I didn't know what. Okay. I mean, I'm happy that, like. No, but remember, he was like, I want to die and not be in this thing. And then he. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I'm not And he dead. never went to trial. He never was. Like, they never got the justice. Any other information of- from other, about, about other people. Yeah, but, like, also her family never got the justice of, like, him be- going to jail. Like, being, you know, sentenced. sentenced. Yeah. Or, like pleading guilty or whatever 
so anyway he it's just so heartbreaking because he like had so much information and we'll never know we'll never know um i mean maybe but maybe not um he was 34 he uh was found dead in his cell after taking his own life by hiding a piece of razor in a pencil and slitting his left wrist oh so he died by suicide oh yeah i thought someone killed him oh no no no. he took his own life because he was a fucking asshole who didn't want to um give anyone what they wanted wow yeah or give anyone 34 yeah yes he he did all this he accomplished that much can you imagine if he hadn't gotten caught wow yeah so scary um so police to this day cannot figure out how he got this razor blade um he had been on suicide watch a couple months but had been taken off and then his funeral was attended uh, in december of 2012 by his mother and four of his sisters the family did not make a statement to the press i don't blame them um so underneath his body in the cell they found four pages of bloodied yellow paper um it was a suicide note and it was called an ode to murder Ew. Yeah. And I, uh, so Dr. Stephen Montgomery, who's a forensic psychiatrist at Vanderbilt, uh, said the writings showed an intelligence and a clear understanding that he knew his behavior was wrong. He said, Keyes is writing this so that people will find it and talk about it and further magnify his own self-worth. And of course, it has no remorse, no regard for human life or the victims. And that fits with that type of psychopathic personality. Um, They were also reminiscent of a, uh, of a silence of the lambs type killer is what he said um so i'm not gonna read you this fucking full note because like he doesn't deserve the airtime um but uh this is kind of just to give you a gist this is how the note starts where will you go you clever little worm if you bleed your host dry and then the end of the fucking poem or whatever it is says land of the free land of the lie land of scheme american eyes Watch close while I work now. Feel the electric shock of my touch. Open your trembling flower or your petals. I'll crush. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's fucking horrifyingly disgusting. And I'm not even going to give it any more time. So that was the only thing he left behind, um, except they found these drawings. Eleven skulls in a pentagram. And they found it under his jail cell bed. And he had drawn them in his own blood. And under one skull, it says, we are one. And people believe that this means his 11 victims that he had murdered. Uh, So the FBI published an in-depth timeline of transactions and travel from 1997 to 2012 to try and jog the memories of anyone that might have had dealings with Keys. Um, And it could answer a lot of questions if he's linked to any of these cases. So to report tips about the Israel Keys case, you can call the FBI casually at 1-800-CALL-FBI. Oh. Or you can probably just go online and see where there might be a um, a place for you to contact. But I'm going to also show you the picture of the skulls. Um, Wow. Done in his own fucking blood. Pentagram. Pentagram. Wow. So that's that. It's like he made killing easy, look easy. Like yeah. for him to have done it so. It's horrifying because he like had patience and just didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just was like, it wasn't like he was all over this... the place. Like he oh literally gosh. planned the murder of Bill and Lorraine two years in advance. Wow. Like how scary is that thought? Like that you're just like spending your day going to bed after watching TV and like. Also, like doing that for two years, having no idea that some like you've been on the back of someone's mind. <gasps> yeah, like if that were one of us, that means like that could be 
they've been planning against since 2018 or in 2022. Yeah. Something's going to happen and it's already planned. That's disgusting. Isn't that sick? That's so disturbing. Wow. The good job. Yeah. Christine. So that's that story. That's officially the scariest story you've done. Okay. Which I'm is... glad you agree. Cause I was like, I was losing sleep over this. Like it really scared me. That one's wild. And next time someone says like, what's the scariest story that we've covered? Like true crime wise. That's yeah. my answer. Okay, good. Well, I was in a very dark place last night. So excellent. If anyone has tips on how to cleanse my aura. Michael Scott. <laughs> Michael Scott. Only Michael Scott. Michael Scott. Yeah. To like cleanse your aura and be like to feel better and Michael Scott. Oh, watch The Office you're saying. Yes. I thought you meant he has tips for me. I was like, well, what are they? I'm sure he does. You just got to go look up some inspirational quotes from him. He's only a little stitious. He's only a little stitious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, yikes. Hit me up and tell me how to feel Hit better. Hit <laughs> With them digits. Yeah. Uh, yes, we have our website and that's where we drink. We also have our social media, ATWWD podcast. And we, I, in case you do listen to these backwards, we also put out listeners episodes at the first of every, the first of every month. Yeah. So if you would like to submit your own personal story, you can find, you can, there's a submission it's online. on our website. Yep. So, oh my gosh. Wow. And? Did, is every, is, does everyone feel safe now? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Were you listening not. to this in the middle lock of the night? Lock your doors, please. Go lock your doors. Go double check. Even if you say, oh, I already locked them. I don't believe you. Go lock your door. You don't go, believe yourself and you know it. Mm-mm. And make sure everyone's alert. Keep your, keep your dog alert. Get a dog. Get a dog. Hey, <laughs> but don't buy dog. it from a puppy mill. Right. And then name Adopt it Sunshine. Adopt it from a shelter. Name it Sunshine. No. Oh, God, help me. This is a horrifying episode for me. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you next week, uh, which is technically actually next month for you and me. That's right. So I miss when you. it's actually October, I miss you. And that's why we drink. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Mm-hmm.